0: We're back for part two with our incredible guest, <laughs> Dr. Maki Habersfeld. Did I say it right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first hour was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to dive in. Uh, but before I do, I just want to mention one thing. Um, you know, Bill. Busting my chops about not having my notes. I did my homework, by the way. I mentioned that at the top of the first hour. I did do my homework. Did you see her resume, Mark? The 26th I was going to bring that up. Um, You know, I have a resume as well. I don't really use it because you don't need it for comedy, but I had one prepared. It was, if I'm lucky, maybe 20 lines. (laughs) Dr. Maki's... uh, Resume is 26 pages long.
1: 32, but who's counting?
2: 32? Yeah, you have the old one. I have the the abridged (laughs) version. I did some shit after that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you said said in the first episode, you said 15 books, but I think Doctor's up to 20 books now, right?
1: More than 20 because some are in the second edition, so yeah. So you're not making
0: big bucks
2: from those academic books, Not though, at
1: right? all. And actually, uh, we are obligated to give back our royalties if we use the books in courses we teach or are responsible for. So there's no oh, conflict wow. of interest. So, of course, I write this book for the courses I teach. So. Yes, of course. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. You should be able to make money on
1: oh, well.
0: your knowledge, right? So if it's okay. being used in, in the courses that you teach... You can't just put it on the bookshelves and and, and, and make money that way.
1: No, oh, not only. In oh courses, yeah, I get not it. Not only because in the courses that I teach. Also, like I, I, co- I am the academic coordinator for the NYPD Police Studies Program. Which I've written a number of books for this specific program. But because I, I'm responsible for this, I cannot. I have to give back my royalties. So wow. there's no conflict of interest in terms of me. That oh, isn't it ironic? Picture yeah. that.
0: Picture a cop giving any money back for anything ever.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me?
0: So, um, you know, on the break we were talking about this, and I made up Pam, our producer, stop midway through because it's really, really interesting. But she brought it up. You first of all, there's two things, Doctor. You started talking about um, what, th- what all the police departments around that you've you've been to, and you've been to how many now around the globe?
1: Oh. I don't know countries yeah. probably 60.
0: 60 d- and when you're in these countries you say that whenever you go somewhere else you do frequent you or visit the police departments there.
1: If it's not for it's not job related if I'm just visiting as a tourist I still will go and visit the local police. Right. So. And how do you do
0: that? You would just walk in and go, hey. And they
1: no, I, I have contacts in police departments around the world because of the work I'm doing internationally, because of uh, the U.S. State Department that brings um, representatives from different forces here every year and I give a lecture in front of them. So I, I have contacts in probably, I don't know, most so you of get the some nice.
2: You get some nice trips out of this, huh? Uh, oh, that's a big, yeah, that's I, a big scam. I, I, huh?
1: I sit the airport and the police department, so for me, yes, I have very nice trips. Oh, I when don't, you, when I you don't recu- sit on the beach. <laughs> You're not laying on the
2: beach with a uh, Mai Tai? No, I come don't. Come on.
0: Don't. <laughs> There's got to be a little of that.
1: Yeah, come but on. I visit the ranch. <laughs> You but you know what, for me you know, you're a cop, you're banging down a six
0: pack drink. The first thing that I thought of when you, when you were mentioning the traveler, that's some scam she's got yeah. going yeah. on.
1: But listen, when I, when I walk into a Mongolian police department, yeah. right? A Mongolian police yes. university, and I see my books there, that, that's, that's to me good. better than the night uh-huh. on the beach. I think, I think I'll go, go to, to
0: Honolulu in March. Is you know? <laughs> <laughs> their library section's three books, yours is one of them, <laughs> and it's trapped in between two spears. <laughs> two spears and a shield, right? And a face mask. Do they have to wear the face mask when they when they make arrests? The Mongolians? And,
1: uh, by the way, and uh, also a police university in Mongolia. Somebody's buzzing.
0: Oh, sorry. that's you, doctor. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Emergency uncle.
1: It's sorry.
2: Mongolian police.
1: The Mongolian name. police.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it's a> poli- <laughs> and we hear you talking about us. They're, making,
2: they're creating yeah. little... Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: but who would think, right, that the Mongolian police has a university, four-year university, before you become a police officer? Wow. Also, so it's, uh, Everyone's and, and ahead of the NYPD. So, but <laughs> you, you're talking about exactly.
0: the commonalities between police departments. What are some of them?
1: Well, first of all, you know, the, the problems that they're facing. It doesn't matter that, you know, you're a police officer in, in, in Stockholm, a police officer, you know, in South Africa, a police officer in Charleston, South Carolina. You're facing the same issues. You're, for safe, you're facing people who are doing the things that they're not supposed to be doing. And you have to do something about it. And uh, whether you're armed or not, not armed, you have to do something about the person who is in front of you. And this is, you know, uh, not unique to this profession. This is This is something that, Profession, by definition, has in common. You're facing the same issues that you have to resolve.
0: You bring up the armed armed and unarmed. And, you know, I have have a bit that I do in my act about uh, the Bobbies in Mm. in the UK, those police, and how they don't carry Mm. firearms. And my theory, after watching countless uh, YouTube videos, is that the reason why they don't need guns is because they're so polite. (laughs)
1: No (laughs) And it makes a
0: big difference If you're gonna Hey get over here You (laughs) fucking ass Go come over here You fucking asshole As opposed to Sir pardon me (laughs)
1: Nope no, <laughs> the only reason is the availability of guns, the difference between United States and UK. And by the way, as you can see now, in the, the, they're wearing more more and more units are armed now. They, yeah. There was somebody uh, killed by the London police just, just a couple last of last week. Yeah, just yeah. La- so, you know, they're getting better and better at this. And, uh, but, you know, Irish police force, the Garda Shohana, they're not armed. They're not armed, other than the tactical unit. Although
2: um, they, they carry big cans of Guinness that they hit. Yeah, I think that might be the <laughs> an answer. <laughs> but but their
1: police academy is amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, and again, different type of. Um,
2: well, you know, they they sent some chiefs from the NYPD it was about uh, two years ago. To Scotland mm. to study their use of force because they're not, armed. they're not armed. And first of all, they're comparing watermelons to lemons.
0: You know, it's not even remotely. Yeah, but what kind of watermelons is that? They're the, bomb the one in with the
2: bomb in it. Yeah. <laughs> Any but it's not it's not a good comparison because you know we all know in the U.S. there's. That thousands and thousands of guns in scotland
1: that's the key issue i'm sorry it's about the level of threat that you're facing if you're facing an individual who is not armed okay there's time for de-escalation if somebody's pointing a gun at you i'm sorry what are you going to say right are you going to convince the person a split of a second to put the gun down i don't know i'm not taking that risk
2: or that's even the the point of someone who, that's, that's pointing a gun that turns out to be a pellet gun after you uh, Swiss cheese them. Uh, you know? I,
1: I I had the the you know the privilege of visiting a number of uh, police departments and, and their labs and, and see different kinds of guns from guns that look like purses and and, uh, and fruits and toys and Barbies. People are, are very creative in disguising the, the actual guns. So. Again, uh, police officers don't have the luxury of, of finding out whether it's a real or not a fake gun. That's that's not something you, you can demand. Well, in the in better. the
2: training, maybe taking cover gives you a little more time. You I know? mean,
1: yeah, Ta- taking cover. Not always you can take cover, right? I mean, that's that's when you when you when you can take cover. Absolutely, I'm the first one to say take cover. But right. sometimes not, you not you don't have you, you don't have this luxury. you, you have to act.
0: You mentioned uh, uh, early on in the first hour about uniformity here in the United States, uh, as far as the police department goes. H- how do you go about doing something like that? Um, what? Uniformity obviously, in training. You mean? Well, because you mentioned that the reason why maybe it's you know it doesn't work over here as well is because there's so many different police departments and so many um, different laws. Uh, how do we fix that? You think it's does it stop centralize, in the train?
1: Centralized uh, police forces, uh, uh, for, for example, in in the Netherlands, they used to have decentralized. Again, nothing, nowhere near what we had. They had twenty five. In two thousand twelve, I believe, they centralized into one. Right. The British police is constantly revisiting the idea of centralizing into one because there's a realization that in terms of standards for recruitment and training and 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 support, the in service training selection, there's more the. the There are more resources when you have a national police force. So in America, maybe too big, so not one. But every state should have one police force. We have 600 police forces in New York State. No, that makes sense because (laughs) the
0: the fear there is the federal government. Uh, They're becoming federal police then.
1: no. No, but you cannot have... Uh, New York State having six hundred police forces. I, I trained the police chiefs for um, in Albany for many of these forces. There are police chiefs. I said, How many cops do you have? Two? Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, independent police force. What?
0: What? I said that we should go take Yonkers over. <laughs> Why <actually> does Yonkers <laughs> have a police force? I'm actually we should just <laughs> take
2: it over. I'm actually the chief of my family. Yes. You know, yeah, it's it's really <laughs> very. It,
1: it does have this connotation of you know. A vocational policing back then, you know... I tell it's my wife I'm a
2: commanding officer. <laughs> she doesn't like, no, she doesn't but, like that.
1: But, but again, seriously, <laughs> if, if a cop from this police department of two and a half cops does something wrong, people will have, a, you know, perception of policing as a profession. Right. Based on Well, not only cops. do
0: you have different uh, just police officers, but there's also so many different type of law enforcers. We got sheriffs. We got yeah. deputies. Then we got the FBI, uh, you know, DEA, yeah. um, alcohol, uh, tobacco, and firearms. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things. You could be walking down the street. It's almost like one of those James Bond movies, Mm -hmm. three people chasing one guy, and they're all different agencies.
1: You know, I used to live in New Jersey. I had a fender bender, a small car accident. Suddenly I find myself in between three police forces. I mean, (laughs) on the left-hand side it's one municipality, on the right is another, and then there's the county police, and they all arrive for the...
2: And no, no, no one no. wants to take the
0: report. Of course,
1: <laughs> of course. but you know... It, I
0: forgot about the state troopers, too. We got yeah. the state troopers here. Now yeah. you're in New York City, and you see the police officers, NYPD, everybody knows that uniform, but now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, on every highway, you, have, uh, you, you got the state troopers now.
1: Yeah. And then there's, of course, uh, you know, the, the, the different ways of training, different types of, of response. It's getting right?
0: harder and harder to drive home drunk. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> gee, how are you supposed to tell all these cops? But
1: well, you know, on a serious note, when you take uh, into consideration how many resources could have been saved and devoted into proper training, to proper education, to proper equipment also, you know. Uh, NYPD is now relatively well equipped. But, you know, 20 years ago when I did my, my in Shanghai, they they had computers in every car in Charlotte, North Carolina. NYPD, what? Just few years. You ago. know, doctor, when
2: <laughs> we always the last. I one was to get in stuff. the detective bureau, and I forget exactly what year it was, but we were still using typewriters yeah, yeah, and yeah, the carbons. Yeah. And when they said you guys are all going to get computers, I was yeah. like, no way, yeah. no way, yeah. and it, it actually well, happened. The
0: reason why know? I say the reason why the NYPD. Uh, detectives are the best in the world is not because we uh, investigate any better than anybody else is the we have to investigate with the resources that we have that's which right. is stuff that's prehistoric that's true. yeah While well, these see. guys are doing computer checks one one application you get the person's whole history i gotta get a badge code i gotta get the NAR Pause. code i got the 15 what's that code again what was that an <laughs> old dmv code uh, f- 10 codes to do one yeah. Pers- yeah. Check on a, on we were a bad guy. we two
2: rocks together to yeah. start the <laughs> fire for, to make. Lunch. I don't know if it's like that now, but that's the way. Oh, no, because be. they have the phones now. Yeah. Oh yeah, patrol guys. Yeah, it's a little different. But uh, phone, yeah. uh, no, exact exa- I couldn't believe it. And a lot had to do with they wouldn't invest the money. Once they got all that federal money after nine eleven, all of a sudden they said, "Oh, we can get these things." We used to use our own phones. Because they wouldn't give us department no, phones. I, it was like, I'm, oh, yeah. big deal to get a department phone. Now everyone has a damn phone.
1: I, I, I definitely know. I saw the comparison between NP- NYPD and other police forces around the country in terms of you know, their access to technology years, years, sure. years ago. Yes, and 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 there was such a discrepancy. And to me, I was always flabbergasted. This is NYPD, right? This is the, the largest, the, the most... The famous force on earth, right, right, and and he had no computers, mm-hmm. no, 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 technology. But uh, then got it changed. But you, we'll know,
2: you know, doc, one of the elephants in the room, and we have to address yeah, this. Elephants? Is mm. there's an elephant in the room, but we got to mention it. Is the politics of policing, i.e., sanctuary cities, yeah. i.e., a certain uh, uh, elected officials not liking the police and making their job that much harder. Could you uh, maybe address that a bit?
1: Yeah, this is. I'm probably the last person to address political correctness, but. Um and, and how it affects policing, because I'm so much against it. And But unfortunately, you know, over the years, I, I've learned it. It's not just in America. It's all over the world. And, like, the biggest blow to me was when a colleague of mine from the Norwegian police, uh, I, I was trying to um, convince him we, we might do something about trying some model of policing. And he said to me, you know, but you have to remember that we are a very political body. And I said, oh, my goodness. If if Norwegian colleagues says to me that they're political, uh, I mean, you th- Know, it's going to be tough. They're and the that, creators and, of the, and, and, the, and, right? and the national police force. So it's so much easier to do things, you know. Sanctuary cities. Um, you know, as an immigrant myself, I was an immigrant twice, right? Um, and 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 I, I I'm certainly the person who identifies with with uh, issues related to immigration, but at the same time, you know, when I was an immigrant first time around from in Israel or second time around here in United States, I, I didn't come to to these countries, to violate laws, right? And, and, and to me, again, as, as horrible as it sounds, uh, violation of the law is a violation of the law. And, and you cannot give a person a sense that uh, they can violate the law and, and there are no consequences because it extends beyond a specific behavior, right? So it's not just the illegal status, which I can empathize with and I understand. It's about what else is there in the hands of individual politicians, in the hands of individual uh, community activists? How they will define well, since you what's that legal up, and what's not.
0: Can I ask you a question? Do you think there is a, a coordinated effort to um, to destroy the police, the, uh, the police in in the country here? Do you think there's? Uh, I'm, I'm missing the word here. Coordinated effort to. Uh, to create distrust, um, to, to, to belittle law enforcement, to create anarchy, do you think, because you study the police departments and you study all this stuff that's going on right now.
1: I, I think that uh, that it's, people, it's a natural thing for people to, to, to look for a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And and police as an organization is an ideal scapegoat. And your scholars in policing has always said for, for, for decades, if not more than that, policing is an arm of a government. So if you have an issue with the government, take it to the government, not to the police, because they're the arm of that, they're not the brains of, 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 of the body. They, they just do what they're told that they need to do. So, but of course, who is going to, who has access to all the politicians? Nobody, but everybody has an access to a police officer. So yeah. they take out their rage, their, their complaints, their grievances against somebody who is visible. Who is visible? police officers. Mm -hmm. So I I don't necessarily even think that there's a concentrated effort as much as it's natural for a person who is looking to blame somebody for whatever real or perceived grievances they have Mm -hmm. to take it out on them.
0: Well, I I always harbend back into that incident that happened in Cambridge with the Harvard professor Mm -hmm. and he couldn't get into his house after coming back from, I think it was China. And a couple of uh, things about that situation bothered me. One is... um, you know, why don't you just call up campus security, have them come, maybe they can help you get in. There's a million and one different scenarios that could have happened, but the way it happened it just seemed odd to me that the president of the United States at the time would get involved in such a minuscule situation. Now it seems commonplace because the our current president, but back then a president didn't get involved in something that happened in, in Cambridge. Do You know what I'm saying? even though it was his friend and he didn't make a phone call on the side he made it public so i think to me whenever i think about a, a theory of undermining the police fo- police forces around the country to create i don't know uh, to me i just think of it as anarchy it doesn't make any sense i don't know where we want to go or to make the you know this um the, the, the left movement infest the Democratic Party with those ideas that's what I think it happened.
1: So you know I, again go, going back to to one of my first writings on policing there was this historian by the name of Charles Rees and he was a historian not necessarily historian of policing but out of his writing he came up with this uh, uh, conceptual framework and why do we have the police? why do we have the police and he goes back like to prehistoric times. <laughs> Because the moment people realize that they want to live together for whatever purpose, the first rule breaker is born, right? So before we have the police, we have the rule breakers. (laughs) So let's not blame the police for whatever behaviors (laughs) they are blamed for. Let's blame the rule breaker because nobody wants to live in, in, in chaos. People come together to have some sort of stability. And unfortunately, stability can be maintained only through having a, a professional police force. But That enforces
2: uh, the laws. That enforces right? the yeah. laws,
1: whether you like them or not. You dislike them. You know, I, I cannot stop thinking about what happened the other day on Friday. Some of my students had to live in Grand Central, right? This yeah, is, uh, over yeah. there. And people jumping the turnstiles. Okay, one thing to jump... Them. Well, they it's had a protest. They start in the vandalizing subways. the property. That Gorilla Glue, paying, in case uh, the people yeah, don't know, or we, this, this
0: goes yeah. on a couple of weeks after you're actually here. This will probably be eight weeks from now, but people remember that we had the incident in the tra- the subway station where Antifa came, and uh, there's a big deal that's going on between paying your fare for the subways. Um, I call it a distribution of yeah. wealth because they're going to start yeah. the. The congestion pricing soon. It was just a different way of shell game. That's exactly it, Mark. You know, something they
2: they, they, what this is a planned thing. They're gonna they're trying to get a lower level of society against people that maybe live in the suburbs. So let them jump the turnstile and have people in a year from now pay for those people by congestion pricing. People that drive into the city. but
0: that's just the incident. So you were talking about uh, back to what you were saying
1: that to me vandalizing property is not a, no, it's not civil dissent it's it's violation of, of rules, right? It's 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 criminal activity, and you cannot justify whatever agenda ideology you have by vandalizing people's property, by vandalizing indivi- you know individual property. That's, that's their
2: agenda. Is they are called fuck the police? Yeah. That's their well, agenda. Yeah, well, you know, okay. mm-hmm.
1: again, and 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 they will be the first one to call the police when somebody vandalizes yeah. their property. And
2: that's the other ironic, thing is, yeah. in New York City, it is a law; it's administrative code violation to wear a mask in public.
0: Yeah. And they, that's the first that's thing they to me should, it should enforce. That should be um, a nationwide thing. That should be a federal law that. that in uh, San you Francisco, gather,
2: that's practically legal,
0: as everything else is. Well, you know thing. what? I want to bring up another thing since we have you here. And sometimes we have uh, fans of the show and they'll they'll bother us and say, oh, mm-hmm. you never ask anything about police corruption. How come you don't mm-hmm. do that? So, since I have you here and you're aware of all these different police so over 60 different countries you've been to and you visited so many different police uh, departments all over the world. Uh, do you find any commonality uh, between corruption are there is there corruption in other police departments around the world what type of corruption is it
1: sure so you know this is a research I've been engaged now for over 23 years we're using a, an instrument which is a questionnaire that describes uh, police misconduct and we run it. Right now we run it in like over thirty countries. And so commonality is there. Police officers whether they're again in, in you know in, in South Korea or Poland or or Austria or South Africa, they immediately recognize these behaviors. Um so there is misconduct. I, I don't necessarily like to use the word corruption because people misunderstand the word corruption. They they sort of, you know, focus on corruption for gain when I talk about misconduct, abusing the right of your office, right? You have certain rights, you abuse the right of your office. Yeah, police officers do abuse the right of their offices everywhere. I mean, they abuse it less in, in Scandinavian can- countries. Uh, sorry, I was told not to talk. Oh, g- give this. us one
2: Give us one example. Just give us one yeah.
1: example. Uh, uh, so so, so one example would be, you know, sleeping on duty. Everybody recognizes this. You have some downtime, uh, uh, you park your car. Everyone's done well, it, too. So. Yeah, everyone's
0: done. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to do that?
1: You know? <laughs> I'm bringing the news to you. Huh? I, you know, okay, I, 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 I would
0: just say
2: any uh, individual that ever worked the nine-squad chart And gets thrown on a midnight tour. You cannot stay awake. You naturally fall asleep at like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning.
1: But this is misconduct. I yeah. mean, this okay. is conduct, right? So everybody recognizes it. The other thing is excessive use of force. Everybody recognizes excessive use of force. When you're chasing and after perp, the perp, you know, is the type of perp that, you know, you, you want to deliver street justice to, right? right. And uh, just one additional punch that is not necessarily mm-hmm. necessary, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody recognizes this. Uh, and, and we have a scale. We're asking police officers about the perceptions about this. We ask them, is it serious or not? And it's a simple scale from one, um, it's not serious, to five, very serious. Listen again.
0: You're asking the police officer if they feel that
1: this, this behavior is serious. Is, is, serious. is serious or not serious. We mm-hmm. give them scenarios of uh, mm-hmm. again many different countries, many police departments around the country. To me, if you look at this from the strictly clinical, academic way, there all should be five. They're all types of violations that sure. should not be happening. Yet I am here to see any police department, whether it's in hundreds of police departments in the United States or 30 different countries, when we have the average of 5. They come as 1.2, not serious, up to maybe 4, but nobody... No one reached the level 5. The level five. <laughs> so yes, so that's, that's the commonality...
0: Oh, so then no, nobody agrees that this is a severe problem.
1: Nobody agrees that nobody. this is a severe problem. How about problem. white
2: shirt immunity? Have you listed that as a... Uh, what is that? Because the bosses? Yeah. If you're a boss, you can basically do a lot of things that you can't do if you're a lower well, I, ranking you know, person. I, I, I
1: Doesn't that,
0: that go up in, in every everything, though? Every
1: profession. Every that, profession. When you become yeah. a boss and suddenly you feel empowered. They right?
0: look out for, you got to look out for yourself.
1: Yeah. But, but that's, that's the nature of, of the structure of an organization, and this is why I, I wanted to run this uh, experiment with the Norwegian police. This is this new thing, n- not so new, but it's called Holacracy. It's, it's used by Zappos and um, some other for-profit organizations We actually don't have real bosses. You still have the ranks, but in terms of uh, responsibilities, it's, Every day somebody else is responsible, just to have the feeling, you oh, well, know? that's, okay. yeah, that's but, interesting. Yeah, but somebody told me that it will never work in policing. It will never work. Well, I, I still believe it might. Well,
0: I mean, it's it's weird that you mentioned that because the, the NYPD, uh, it might be unique in that if you get promoted, you have to go back to uniform. Uh, so you're going to go back to the troops. Now, you may get pulled back to that that unit that you worked in because you have this specific knowledge. Like if you were in Mm counterterrorism, for example, and you could have been their greatest detective there, but you get promoted to sergeant now, you're usually supposed to go to a command first and go back to patrol again. So they always, every time you get a promotion, you got to go back.
1: Yeah, but listen, uh, you, you can physically be reminded how things are, and then, as a leader, you have a different responsibility. Which and I think... if you want to continue to be a leader, you better follow the rules of your responsibility, you know, that, that, that guide your, your, your position. Yeah. Yeah, you know. If you tell me as a friend, you know, I, 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 yeah, I took a nap in the car mm-hmm. for an hour. Okay, of course, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm your sergeant. Well, I'm your lieutenant. Can I say not a big deal? I can't. I, right, can't. Right. I can't. I can't. I so can't.
2: Well, where does the free cup of coffee go on the scale of one to five?
1: To me, it's five, and not because. Five! To me, it's five, (laughs) and I tell you. I tell you why I think it's five. Because. First of all, if you buy it at Starbucks, I don't know if we are invited to, to mention <laughs> this fel- on the That's document. a felony. It's so expensive. Oh you know, yeah. You, if you get a free cup of coffee every day, you know, and yeah. times 12 months, you're talking about... Yeah, Starbucks
0: doesn't dollars. even welcome how police about, about, in there. How yeah. about a square bag and two pack of cigarettes?
1: Oh, I know, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing that nothing you get from anybody other than maybe your parents... That you're not expected to pay back later on at a certain point of your life, and that's, that's why an interesting. scene. once my, again, my, my so. kids don't feel that way no, about their college them, education no. that I paid
2: for them. They, once they again, think that you was surprised
0: <laughs> me. I didn't think that was. Uh, I did not think that was going to be your yeah, answer, but yeah. that is. That is huh? probably the best answer. So you're saying that uh, that extra scoop of ice cream makes it. It it, it's, it compromises you.
1: It compromises you. That's Do you remember that is. case, uh, Doctor
0: Haberfeld? The extra scoop ice cream. Yes, beam. yes, do I do. Case, and right? listen,
1: I, I had a, I had a more interesting case in, in New Jersey. Actually, there was a small police department sergeant used to go and, to, you know, ask for a free sandwich in whatever it was, some local deli, and he would get it. And then other cops found out. Also. So then he would come and get it for his cops. Good supervisor, he would yes. get it for his cops, you know. By yeah. the end of the day, you know, he, he drove the little business, out of you business. Know, out of business because every day he was collecting, like, ten free sandwiches. Oh my God. So there's no end to this. There's no end to this. You're so right. It becomes I, I proverbial. I can't say it, but,
2: you know, you, know,
0: you
1: can't... But, you
2: know, bad. Dr. Hopperfeld what, what a lot of cops see is they see the... Cr- and this is an excuse for anything, but they see the amount of corruption in the politician's world. Mm-hmm and in, in in New York City I will tell you right now the most efficient and most honest agency by far is the police department you see no, some honestly. of these other agencies they are out of control you know I agree. And you see these politicians, they're stealing buildings. I, you know, I, don't, they're not I
1: don't think it's just New York City. I think in any environment that you show me, uh, whether it's across the United States or in other countries, the police departments are the, the, the most honest organization. And the most efficient run, most efficient. Even within the completely corrupted environment, they are well, the least corrupted. Right?
0: Well, how about this? I mean, let's just take it on a reality basis. you dropped, boom, right into the center of a neighborhood. Let's use Queens, for example. Uh, Jackson Heights area, where you know you you take a couple of feet inside the bodega, go in the back. There's a joker poker machine. They pay out cash. Uh, The cops they don't bust their chops about the joker poker machine. And we're going back years now, but because you know that's the way these little guys make money, and it's a neighborhood thing, and they all play in the back. But because of that, maybe I get a square bag and a two packs of cigarettes. You understand what I'm saying? So, you see how the neighborhood dynamics to all these things, they come into play, because now, uh, just on a, you're almost like the Gestapo in a way, if you come in there and you're clearing out the Joker poker machines, nobody backs here everything is by the rules, you know what I'm saying?
1: So, let me tell you something, about like 20 something years ago, I was actually invited by the Council of Europe uh, to their conference, I was the only academic from America, invited there just to observe, they had a conference on police corruption, misconduct, and it was in, in France, in Strasbourg. And I I will never forget uh, the representative from UK, from the uh, the Association of Chiefs of Police in UK, he stood up and he said, given the nature of police uh, profession, it's no shame to have corruption. The shame is not to do anything about it. Okay? So opportunities are plenty. But you just cannot allow the opportunities to affect your moral spine. You just cannot, whether it's a free cup of coffee or whatever else. Okay, so remember the dirty thirteen? This was yes. their, this was their We'd justification. Right, yeah. their justification. They, well, mm. they, they, they let the drug dealers out the day after mm. we arrest them. So let us deliver some. There were some
2: real, here. real dirty guys
0: in the dirty 30. Yeah, but I'm tomb, saying so. the justifications,
1: I mean, justification. You could, always, you could
0: pretty much justify any anything. behavior.
1: But there is, that's why the proverbial cup of coffee becomes five. Yeah. In, in in my mind, you just cannot. Well, people have the asked temptation. us oh, to
2: have Michael Dowd on this show, and we <laughs> wouldn't. I wouldn't be in the same room as that piece of shit, you know, because he really tarnished the badge of the NYPD, and now he's trying to make bucks, money off it. I wouldn't even be in the same room as that guy, and I know mm. most cops well, feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know? Since
0: you, what? How do you weed out? We mentioned about the age limit to twenty-five. But then you take a guy like like Michael Dowd, who basically, even he'll tell you, he was pretty much a criminal. Like, he never changed. Right. Maybe he took a break for a couple of years to feel it out, but he was going to be a criminal no matter where he was in life. That's just how, what he has in his, that's is in his, his DNA. DNA yeah. mm-hmm. So how do you find that person out? If you're not, if you don't have a four-year college to go to, you, you know,
1: you know, it's 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 like with terrorism, you, you you cannot eliminate it, but you can mitigate it. Okay, so the same in, in policing, you cannot eliminate everybody who doesn't belong on the job, but you can minimize the number of individuals who get through the the various screening processes, and you do it through age, through education, through you know, through. Uh, different type of background check that I'm not going to go into because I've seen just too many that people who are supposed to do the background check just, you know, were told speed it up, right? Speed right, it up. Right. And because we need to fill the academy mm-hmm. class. And and, and and once you have these individuals they just, you know, um, they just pollute the, the entire environment. And, and the, my, the, the, part, the research team that I was very lucky to be on for all these years, we started with this rotten apple concept, and then we, we went to, to rotten barrels, and, and then we, we ended up you know, talking about police organization, not rotten apples. If police organization don't set up the rules you know, in which you can recruit and select the right people it's not about the rot apple. It's, it's about how the organization conducts itself and i've seen so a lot so you're
0: saying the um the process should be a sti- you know f- fixed as a flaw in the
1: system in the flaw the in t- the system absolutely Michael Dowd, doubt if, he, if the, 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 again we, we're using him and it was years ago so maybe it's unrealistic but to prevent it from happening in the future have to to have to create a t- totally different standard for recruitment selection and training but you know it's also come
0: they they go to your house so they used to anyway to visit make a visit when you were a recruit um planning to come into the academy and they you know they'd send detectives out and they would talk to your neighbors now do you want to be the neighbor this is no i wouldn't trust that kid for nothing or do you want that kid you know you're going to mess up his possibility to straighten his life out
1: listen i i i don't think that talking to to people who are your neighbors or your friends will give you actually the, the the desired result. You have to. Talk. How invasive
0: are we going to be? Are we, are we going to be looking at what? Because the, they're already looking at people's Facebook pages, yeah. uh, their Instagram, seeing what they're posting. Um, um, I,
1: I, I I don't say again. If you if you increase the age of recruitment, then then you have more to look at in the sense of uh, trajectories. Right? It's one thing what what you do in 18, 19, 20, 21, and again you do it. You do serious stuff. You eliminate it. But you know when I was going through. Um, some tests to, uh, to I, I i didn't I, I never went to the specialized training for captains I because i I was I came here as a lieutenant, but I passed the test to go to the training which by the way in Israel lasts for ten months okay wow. um of training. But we, we spent a couple of days with psychologists, with with the people who specialize in organizational behavior, it was years ago, and, and they were running us through various scenarios. So it wasn't, of course, it was pre- before the Facebook and anything else, but mm-hmm. they wanted to see us at our best and in our worst for, for, for quite a few days. This is the way of, of finding out about your It's makeup. true,
0: but look at social media right now. You could have a recruit that's thinking about coming on, and you could have somebody who's... Um, Looking at his social media right now, and doesn't agree with what that 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 recruit agrees with politically, and uh, that that guy's no longer a recruit, no longer a, a candidate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's um we're we're taking it's an interesting line that we're 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 walking right now. We're looking at somebody. So are we looking to see if there's excessive uh, alcohol in his photos there, or who his associates are? Or are we looking to see? Oh, is that a Trump hat uh, somebody's wearing in the back? Or all those people, they're the same color in that, f- you know.
2: Well, the investigator's idea of excessive alcohol use and mine are totally different. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but you know
1: what? I mean, I, I had this experience with the Jersey City Police Department years ago. I, before I came to John Jay, I taught it for three years in New Jersey City University. And they asked me to deliver a multicultural training to their recruits. Um, just the same day they got their guns. Mm. They were ready to go on the street. So, of course, this was uh, not a very smart idea because they were more <laughs> interested in their weapons yeah, yeah. and that's everything. A big day, yeah, that's big, a big day, day. than listening to what I had to say. But, you know, one thing that, that really t- took me by surprise was uh, many, many years ago I asked them, Why did you become police officers? And, like, 80% of them said, You know, good pension, good benefit, good. Mm-hmm. That's not a reason to become a police officer. Yeah, so you're don't, right. you're you don't right. need to screen your, your, your social media accounts to see that these people should not be considered.
0: In all recruits defense, uh, you know, when you're in the academy and you finally get your gun, I mean, you've been shooting at a target for the last two months. You want to get out there and shoot something in the street, you know.
1: So that's yeah, why. <laughs> but if you, if you want to do it because you you're you I couldn't wait to
0: get out there. Bah, bah, bah.
1: But if you want to do it because you <laughs> join the profession because they have good benefits, oh my but I'm you're
0: you <laughs> once again I think you're hundred percent right and it's the type of question that sh- it's probably asked on the psychological, which I don't that's another question it's like how much is that stuff really useful uh, are they still using it because
1: they do but a thousand I'm, questions no, they yeah, ask that's, ten- yeah 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 that's that's to me useless the, the real way of of knowing you is really run your through scenarios. And tell me, tell me because at a certain point people Stop thinking what they're supposed to say, because everybody will tell you what you want to hear right, if you ask sure. them. Point. Them I believe close. that. No? That's it. Oh, do you want to you you successful? No, of course not. Do you want? To? But if you start running them so scenarios, after a while they they start losing their you know concentration. They start losing the calculated response mode. Mm-hmm. And this is after a few hours, you know exactly who you're dealing. I know with.
0: what you about. Ta- I do that. The calculated response mode is that what you call it?
1: Yeah. I got to remember. I mean, that. I call it. <laughs> well, well, how, how about even
0: something? Like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mark. No, I'm just saying whenever you're dealing with your girlfriend or your fiancé, your wife, you should always have that calculated Calculate response. response <laughs> you know, go, ready to yeah, a, ready to I'm go. the answer prepared. Yeah, yeah, and you'll
2: <laughs> be happily married for
1: many years <laughs> to come. You develop. know what
2: I want to ask you about, which is a big thing, and and, and I mean, uh, your your view upon what some people are saying uh, is an implicit bias mm. of police. Mm. And statistically, there's many, um, there's a writer named McDonald, Heather McDonald's. Yes, that I know totally well. I know uh, well. totally diff- uh, diffuses that by saying statistically they're right to look at this mm-hmm. and right to stop that amount, mm-hmm. but yet political people hate the police. They're inventing this term implicit bias. And they want people to take this training, this implicit bias training. What do, you, what do you feel about that? Well, you
1: know, again, I've written about this many years ago, uh, long before I, I, I met Heather McDowell. Heather McDonald. McDonald. Um, I, Again, as, as a person who comes from multicultural background, in the sense, again, twice an immigrant in different countries, and I also suffered my... my um, portion of Semitism when I was growing um, in Poland, so I, I, I know what we're talking about. Implicit bias is there, but I don't think that... Uh you can eliminate it by giving somebody a week of training. I just think that, again, it goes back to how rules and regulations of the department are disseminated and enforced. However you feel in the privacy of your own room at home, you can feel whatever you want to feel. When you want on the job wearing this uniform, there's no room for your implicit uh, bias. And so is
2: implicit bias a real thing? Is it a real thing?
1: I think we, we all carry biases, but it's it's it's, it's, it's immaterial to, to police work. I think that police work should be predi- predicated upon professional impartial uh, behavior towards everybody based on what they're doing not how they look not where they come from not where they live and this is something that the organization needs to hammer into the heads of individuals because let's say that you make me realize that i hate you know people who wear green hats yeah. Okay, so you made me realize that I hate Those people. Those have to be Irish, too. I yeah, take okay, weight. all right. I, I change it into orange. <laughs> uh, somebody will get offended by the orange. But, but the truth is okay. So you, you you make me realize that I hate this. So what? How are you going to make me stop hating it? Just because I realize that I hate it? This is something that's deep, that's something that requires a lot of... Uh, Therapy for me to, to change this behavior. It's yeah. not going to be done. So the w- effective way of delivering democratic, impartial, professional police is to make sure that the rules of the organization are enforced, disseminated, that people who behave the way that are not supposed to behave face the consequences. Changing how people look at others not going to be achieved in a week of training. Okay. Mm-mm. No.
2: And you're, you're very much in favor of all kinds of uh, increased training.
1: I'm very much in favor of changing the academy because I think that what you learn as a young person stays with you. It's very hard to unlearn it. And if you receive enough as a recruit, there will be very minimal need for in-service that will relate more to differences in laws. Like, for instance, you Mm. mentioned marijuana. How do you enforce it now? But not the fundamentals of your behavior. You're not going to change somebody who is 35 or 40 years old by running them through a week of uh, implicit bias policing. It's too deeply rooted in who you are. So the only way to control it is, again, through discipline so dissemination you bring of bring that roles. up
0: and when I when I was a recruit I remember as soon as you got out into the street they tell you the first thing they told you forget everything Enough that you time. learned in the academy yeah. now I think it's a little different I think you I think you can hold on to a lot more of what you learned in the academy um, just because the job has changed that way in and
1: Yes, the job has changed, but not that much in the sense that you know again I've written about this years ago I called it um i, I wanted I, I would like to see implementation of some sort of implicit bias policing at the academy level but not to call it necessarily implicit bias i I actually borrowed a, a term that called uh, from a different discipline it's called called it's called close contact hypothesis that uh, that emphasized the ability of individuals to break their preconceived notions through close contacts or participation in various activities together and, and for a lengthy period of time. And the academy is the ideal venue for this mm-hmm. because this is how you learn the ABC of the profession. Because
0: you got six months.
1: you get got six months or maybe four years for that mm-hmm. matter. If you're talking about police universities, this was always my dream. Um, so. No, it, it really is. Uh, but, but, you know, and again, in-service is important, very important, but uh, not to... Uh, Break down what embedded in you, but rather to introduce new concepts, uh, concepts yeah. new technologies. How,
0: uh, how important it is, do you think, um, being uh, living in the community that you police, and I'm not talking about mm. like in that particular precinct, I'm talking mm-hmm. about being. Like, let's say, living in New York as opposed to living in Nassau County or Suffolk County all the way upstate and driving an hour and a half or an hour to get to work. Do you think that makes a difference? Not
1: at all. I'm actually very much against the residency rules. And knowing policing from different countries and seeing how police profession is the same, whether you're, as I mentioned, in Norway or in China or in Russia for that matter, uh, yeah you do have to familiarize the police officers with their prisons with their wh- wh- when they come so they know what the problems are what the comu- who are the community me- you know members activists whatever like with any new place of work you have to run people through mm-hmm. what they're going to face but to live in the community or even I mean th- 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 they're... Hist- over the years, they were giving bonuses to police officers to actually live in the com- in the community. Oh, they get five
2: police. points on the promotion I exams. Mean,
1: <laughs> do you really want to arrest your neighbor's son or daughter no. for for you know for dealing drugs? Uh, you yeah, know? but there's
0: also a different side of it too. It's like um, my partner always used to bust my chops because I got into the habit of saying, "How do people live like this?" And if that's your primary, uh, you know, I can't wait to get out of here. Maybe that shouldn't be, you know. Like once again, go back to like, should you really be in that profession? But, you know, uh, ties. uh, you
1: You don't choose your doctor based on who lives in your community right you go to the best one right, right. you don't go to the dentist because he or she's uh, you know has an office in your building you go because you want the best one and I want people to look at policing the same way I, I want the best police officers I don't want the ones who live in my neighborhood what does it mean right. you mm-hmm. know it's, it's and you
2: know for police uh, with the with their salary and how much they make they, they can't afford sometimes to live in the community that yes, think the that are, makes a and, difference and
1: they are there are departments around the country that they have to lower the standards because they have the residency rules and they can only recruit from people who live in the neighborhood. Right. And w- where does it take the profession when you have to lower the mm-hmm. residency rules, right?
0: If we did come up with a, a solution, We have to
1: lower the standards, right?
0: Well, I, yeah. if we, I said, if you did come up with a solution to make um, this this uh, this police department, or maybe just a couple, you know, like per every state, mm-hmm. are we talking about. Uh, the, The money that you make, is that going to be uh, all around the country the same amount of money? Or everybody in the state makes the same amount of money
1: police officers are talking about. It has to, I think it has to be related to the cost of living. You know, I, as a CUNY professor, uh, make much more money than somebody who lives, let's say, uh, uh, does the same thing as I do and lives in, uh, let's say, Wyoming. But but I probably cannot afford the lifestyle they have in Wyoming for having half of my salary because I live in New York City. So, you know, to say making this amount of money is very misleading. Mm-hmm. It has to allow police officers to be able to live a decent life and above this and, and and over the years of studying police misconduct, um, especially in in countries that you know pay police officers really starving wages, the police officers would tell me you know let me feed my family and then we'll talk about misconduct you know mm-hmm. and, and, and so 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 this is directly related to misconduct
0: so that, so you think so if you if, why would a Nassau cop uh, county cop steal or a Suffolk County cop? Not that a New York City cop needs to steal anyway, but it be, let's say you go back to the 70s where, you know, things were tough. The, the, uh, you know, the client, uh, the economy's not doing that yeah. great. That's So you're saying a lot of that is out of necessity also, It stealing. also
2: has them leaving the New York City Police Department to go to greener pastures because they're getting paid 40% less yeah. than the state police, than Nassau County, than Suffolk County. Mm-hmm. So they take their academy degree and they'll join another police department. Yeah, you know?
1: but but you saw I, I think it's an endemic problem in in governments around the country and around the world. P- police officers are not paid adequately. Teachers are not paid adequately. Right? right? People who yeah. are shaping and 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 guarding our society are, are not paid ad- adequately, and and this has an impact on. on on how people behave and, and, and conduct and misconduct, you have to. It's not just f- for some, you know, uh, reason or other than securing the, the the proper behavior on the part of police officers. If you want to have professional police officers, you have to make them uh, fear losing their jobs, right? And and if you don't earn adequate living, you don't fear losing your job.
2: Sure.
0: All right. Uh, that's Make it, an lucrative. Point, Make it
1: lucrative. Make it lucrative to be a police officer.
0: Yeah, well, especially if you're requiring what you measure, uh what you you, you said earlier. Uh, the ideal situation would be a four-year situation, because also I was also curious: how are you supposed to learn law, especially now when you see a lot of videos online, people challenging the police officers mm-hmm. about the legality of the stop? You know what I'm saying? And now you're getting into a debate. Well, a lot of these guys we mentioned also earlier about communication, and how ninety percent of the problem is mostly people they don't know how to communicate, so you make them uh, nervous in a, uh, in a, in those settings anyway. And now yeah. you're challenging them on mm-hmm. what they know about l- legally.
1: I, again, I. I how think much should that a,
0: law, a, a cop know legally? Uh, how much law should, do they need to know?
1: Well, listen, this is, this is for me, the the job of the roll calls, right? The job of the roll calls right? is to constantly reinforce various uh, changes in the law, various uh, codes, code, stop various, people, yeah. you know. I mean, in New York City, we have the five boroughs. We have different enforcement of of the of the marijuana laws and now, precincts right? too and precincts, I mean, oh. this is completely and totally confusing because you today you're in the six and tomorrow you transfer to 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 seven four. You mm-hmm. know and and you, you you have a completely different understanding and interpretation. So, so the the job of, of well, you look at double
0: parking for example. That that you know these things come up from time to time, and you get <laughs> a, a whole block that, that that's a there's a little church there one of these churches where they got the roll down gate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's in an urban neighborhood, and the cops will come and everybody will get a summons. I'm not saying that happens often, but I remember recall that happened in the news. And then you do the same thing. It, nobody's going to a synagogue in in Williamsburg and doing that out there. Not yeah. that the cars are out there. I'm just saying it's different policing for different neighborhoods.
1: You know that policing, as this as a profession, is predicated upon a more a mon- Tremendous amount of discretion, right? So the worst you can do for a a police officer is add to this confusion, right? You add confusion to discretion, Mm. you end up having misconduct. But you definitely
2: need to have discretion.
1: Absolutely, 100%. But you don't add confusion predicated upon different enforcement uh, preferences. Well, you know, it gets confusing, too. We
2: we discussed uh, sanctuary cities. Cops want to enforce that law. There's been 7,000 ICE uh, detainers Mm -hmm. that were ignored by the NYPD. Mm -hmm. That's a federal law. But they're told they have to ignore it. Well, the
0: federal government teaches us all we need to know about leaks.
2: There (laughs) should be a way to
0: leak into an ICE agent. I mean, really, it's not the biggest deal. Hey, Joe, guess what? I got one. It doesn't have to be (laughs) put over the radio or typed up. You know, (laughs) we got one. We're coming out of court. We're going into court in five minutes. Where are you? I'm waiting for you in the car. But that's disheartening
2: (laughs) to the the real police that want to enforce the law. And they're told no, because the mayor of this city doesn't want that enforced. They're not allowed to enforce it.
1: Again, you know, I mean, uh, Sir Robert Peel, the, the father of the Metropolitan Police Force in the UK, said in 1829, which was quite a while ago, right? So you would think that we should learn since then. He said, take the politics out of policing. Take policing out of politics. Right. You know, fast forward 200 years. It's hand near. in hand. Nowhere you know. near until yeah, we but take what the it, politics it, out of policing and policing out of politics. Yeah, but what do
0: you do when you pull a car over and they go, "Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that." <laughs> if you got your body
2: worn video, they won't be saying that anymore. L- right? L-
1: <laughs> let's, let's not forget that New York City is the home to Tammany Hall, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, we cannot forget this. The good right? old days. The
1: good old days, right? The good uh-huh. old days die hard. And and it takes sometimes hundreds of years to get rid of the legacy of corruption and mm-hmm. misconduct. And we have to be aware of this. And and, and and this is part of the problem that when you add to this confusion, Right now, that you tell cops enforce this, don't enforce that, and if you're in this prison, you, you look the right, other way, right. and if you're the other prison, look straight into. Pe- Is
0: there a, a, a places where um, they respect the police more if they're more hands-on than others?
1: You know, it's hard to say in the sense that I've been seeing some interesting developments in Hong Kong lately. Right, Hong Kong police—I studied them for years, and they're very—they pro- were always very professional, and people respected them. But look what's happening in the last few months when the when millions of people are clashing and there's constant accusations now of police misconduct and brutality. If you talk to to an average person in Hong Kong two years ago, they say, we have wonderful police force. So it's all very situational. Yeah, but I
0: think that's a way to change the narrative. You know, when you uh, look at what happened to Occupy Wall Street, they were going after the 1%, and then as soon as they realized, uh, wow, this is serious, the bankers, they hired these Antifa and all these anarchists, and they went out there and they changed the narrative, and now everybody's, every story was about police brutality at that point, nobody was talking about the bankers, and it disappeared.
1: Yeah. Again, because as I said before, you know, you, you want to blame somebody. Let's blame the police for whatever it is. Whatever sure. you know, you have you have the coronavirus. We we'll blame the police now. I, I don't know. You know, you the didn't. Police did the coronavirus. The, <laughs> 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 yeah, give it another. Give it a few days. It you will be there. Somebody will bring it. As some conspiracy. That's theory. another
0: thing people don't think about because mm-hmm. you know, with the, with something like this, that's as scary or it could be as scary as, as mm-hmm. the coronavirus is. As police officer, you are constantly work. You can't. No. You your job, you can't sit in an office somewhere and hide away. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you're out there interacting. Every yeah. single day, yeah. on the subways. And you cannot
1: wear a mask when you're interacting with well, people, that's, right? That's for sure. Can you imagine NYPD officers wearing masks now because they're afraid of the They're not even allowed to
2: wear their helmets when they're going into riots. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's always it's always pointing the finger at the police, and it's always giving the police officers the least resources and exposing them to additional threats and and, and dangers without any consideration for, for the fact that one day... There won't be enough people who will want to be police officers. I said we wouldn't want to be a police officers.
0: No. Yeah, but do you think it goes in waves too? Because we mentioned community policing early on. And when I first came on the job, community policing was the way to go. It was the new the new yes. thing. And then crime got so high that they had to go and straighten it out. And Giuliani came in. And he let them, took the handcuffs off the police department, set them free. Bloomberg did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They all wrote on our back, stop questioning Frisk. And then... It, it, it tilted the other way where you had a uh, half the city was saying uh, we're being treated poorly, the cops are too aggressive so now we go back the other way and they didn't call it policing co- community policing this time, but they called it something else. but it's always flip neighborhood policing So you think it's just a waves thing?
1: It's the wife, like with everything else, but community policing has been around since like early eighties, so we're talking mm-hmm. about forty years now, and, and obviously we don't have any good relationship between the police and the community, so we should probably abandon this label for now. And, yeah, but what are you
0: supposed to do with that book that they give you, where you write down the notes when <laughs> you, you, have you a talk plan, to the? You, <laughs> you know, I, I think I
2: don't know where we're at with time, but I we would hate to. Minutes. We we got to touch on terrorism. Yeah, we have right? one of the worldwide experts here mm-hmm. on terrorism, and. The way that terrorism, obviously in Israel, it's a threat every single day. What are we doing in this country, and in specifically in New York City, which is one of the biggest targets in the world? What are we doing right, and what are we doing wrong in regards to how we police for terrorism?
1: Okay, so so first of all, not expert on terrorism, maybe counterterrorism, because I, terrorism is more why people commit the, the crime. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't really, I, I don't really. You know, want to understand? I used the this. wrong term then. Yes, counterterrorism. I don't, yeah, because now there's yeah. people, people. sort of use it, but yeah, interchangeably, yeah. it's not the same. Uh, and and again, I think NYPD. Um, uh, and there are two ways of dealing with this. One is more. Um, perceptional in terms of how people feel and one is uh, the actually in terms of what needs to be done to, to minimize. So I think NYPD is doing a great job perceptionally, you know, with SRG unit and CRC and various tactical units out there around the events, around uh, certain holidays. It creates a feeling of um, safety. It mm-hmm. creates a feeling of professionalism because they look good you know, with always the gear out there and um, it really gives a sense of, um, uh, let's stay away from here, to the bad guys, right? Not not necessarily the one sitting in the basement, his, his or her mother's basement, putting the, the wires together, but when you're talking about a major attack by a group, it gives them the sense, okay, maybe we'll try someplace else. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the standpoint of um, maybe we try someplace else, I, I think there needs to be a little more emphasis on training, training, um, Intel analysts, um, the, the individuals who are getting the Intel and processing the Intel, um, in my mind and, and some a little bit from the experience in Israel, in order to be a good Intel analyst, you need to be trained very extensively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't think that it's been, not just outside the department in terms of understanding the networks and connections and the nexus, but also, you know, being a police officer, I hate to say, I know people will hate me because all the civilian analysts will tell me, "No, you know, you, you're touching upon the safety and security of our jobs. Well, yes, I am, because I live in Manette and I want it to that's be right. safe. right, that's right. I think that it has to be. A combination of having the practitioner background and the the, 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 academic, background, the yeah. academic background to do the good intel and a lot. I, I spent some time with them, the CI unit of the um of in Belfast in Northern Ireland and, and and got an amazing material from them on on how they train CIs to penetrate I, IRA because yeah, a lot
2: of uh, terrorist training occurs inside prisons, isn't that correct?
1: A radicalization, you yeah, mean, a yeah, radicalization, right? Yeah, and, and Israel prisons. has an amazing unit called Massada. They go inside the prisons and they. I'm still not them, so willing
2: to do. Are you willing to do that? <laughs> going to go into prison a for a while. Female <laughs> prison,
0: I would do yeah.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have <laughs> bathrooms that are men and female. Yeah, right, and yeah. We yeah. have prisons that are male <laughs> and female and neutral. But th- this is an investment. But this is an investment. How about it in
2: regards to we learned after 9/11 that mm-hmm. there was ridiculous amount of no sharing of information yeah. among law enforcement no. has i'll name them has the fbi gotten better at that or are they still p- protecting their uh, fiefdom and not sharing information <laughs> with uh, law enforcement.
1: I I think that without pointing to a specific organization like the FBI, but in general, you know, law enforcement agencies are known to suffer from this disease called the missing link, (laughs) right? That they do not necessarily embrace the idea of sharing information. We used to
2: call them secret squirrels. They existed in the detective (laughs) squads, too. They didn't tell anyone. People, you
1: know, information is power. Show me a person who likes to to, to give away their power. And organizations don't like to give away their power, so... I don't know, you know. I mean I I'm still skeptical about the the effectiveness despite the fusion centers and the JTTF and everything. Uh, I don't know how. I mean, it's uh, a
2: step in the right direction. Putting detectives in other countries in Israel and London. So this is
1: how I ended up here. This yeah. was the, this is how I ended up being the Israeli police representative so in So don't the bite States. the hand that fed you. Not necessarily <laughs> in the sense that you know this was this was something that uh, again was very progressive back then. Had nothing to do with terrorism, but much to do with um, actually counterfeiting of U.S. dollars mm-hmm. and organized crime and and drugs. Back then was was a big thing. But, you know, there's always room to learn. So it's not necessarily a criticism of NYPD or another police organization. Let's learn from best practices. Like, I traveled the world to learn best practices from police forces that experience terrorist activities for years, whether it's the Belgian police or, or the Northern Ireland police or the Irish police, for that right. matter, or the UK. You can always pick up bits and pieces without inventing the wheel.
0: Well, mm. We learned a lot these last two hours, man. It's almost—I uh,
2: feel like we need another
0: two hours with this. I know, man. I feel team. like we've come to—we've unfortunately we've come to the end here. I wanted to uh, to thank you, but I also wanted to give you the opportunity that. Um, Obviously, you have 20 books and a lot of them you <laughs> can't really, you don't really sell because is there anything that, uh, anywhere that we can go if they want to hire you for, for a lecture or come down and speak about uh, your expertise?
1: Uh, you know, you, I'm always you? I'm always happy to go and, and give a lecture on uh, best practices, whether it's police misconduct or counterterrorism or, or, or training in general because... You know, as I said during the break, I don't know much about anything, but I do know quite a lot about policing.
2: I think you know more about other things, too. You're a grandma, yeah, right? I am. Yeah, you know how to
0: be a grandma. <laughs> learning, learning, <laughs> learning as we speak. You know, since you, come, uh, since you come from Israel, and, you know, I remember after 9-11 here, um, when there is that threat of terrorism, it makes people closer. It makes people... Um, yeah. People love the police for a couple they of weeks, love the police, right? They love the police. They love the uh, police. They love anybody who could save them. But people also fall in love or lust because you never really, it's almost like wartime, you know?
1: But people don't love is, uh, police in Israel. Because no, not, not the police,
0: yeah. but I'm just saying the, girls, oh, you know, the like, girls. Do they feel like they're on the constant threat? Are they easy over there? Should I go take a visit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh,
1: I don't know. It's been a I
0: while. <laughs> 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 there's, <this laughs> there's something in the air when people, they're not sure about their survival, that they, they want to make, they feel like they want to feel loved. And I'm just saying it's, there's a constant I can tell
1: you one thing. certain Israel is, is a country that lives the day, right? People live the day. They don't think about that's my get. point that's exactly Nobody what I mean. promised you tomorrow right <laughs> that's and that's right. my motto too. plus
0: beautiful beaches I've heard and, and, good, food. Stuff. Yes.
1: and good food
0: yes good food yes and uh, also uh, and
1: proximity to Iran you know if you're looking for <laughs> an adventure yeah, yeah, yeah you never know you <laughs> never, never know, know what's what's going to end up next to you I'm sure
0: that works good with just walking into Iran and telling you yeah I'm an American <laughs> <laughs> I'm here I wanted to check things out <laughs> I'm wearing, wear your MAGA hat too <laughs> <laughs> Well, doctor, I want to thank you for coming through. Uh, Bill, any parting words?
2: Uh, this was a thrill for me. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I, I'm a close to John Jay, but I never had Doctor Haberfeld as a teacher because I actually my master's was in security management, oh. not criminal justice. No. But uh, I had always heard a lot about her. I had read a lot of her articles. I read, you know, I've seen her on TV, and it's so refreshing that we have an academic who's not a leftist.
0: Oh yeah, that was my <laughs> final question. I just wanted to say. Um, in, regarding civility, you work in a like you're a professor. You're in college and you know uh, in universities. And but your ideas are not what we've come to grow and believe in the, here in the states. Uh, you know w- what comes out of uh, these universities. You're you're leaning a little bit more uh, towards law enforcement as well. You know. Do you? How do you keep it civil with your with your colleagues? (laughs) Krogmaga. Yeah, some
1: people say that they're afraid of me. I don't know, but uh, you know, I I I am I am the biggest believer in the idea of professional law enforcement. I think that I can always articulate why I believe in law enforcement and whoever wants to. So, know to your listen argument. It. you got to know, know your argument. Know your argument and be able to articulate it. And I would say this to police officers know your argument and be able to articulate it. But this, you're not born with it. You, you,
0: you no, have no, it. There you go. You know know your argument. Know oh. how to articulate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, doctor. It was a okay. pleasure. Thank All good. the Thank best you. to you. I'm gonna go